Are you in search of your perfect cup of coffee at home? Do you crave a fresh cup of joe from the comfort of your own kitchen? Well, look no further because Black Sun Coffee is here to help. The medium roast from Black Sun Coffee features notes of Brazil nut, grapefruit, and oak. The freshness is guaranteed to start your day off right. Go to blacksuncoffee.com, that's B-L-V-C-K, and use the promo code CONFIDENCE20 for 20% off your next purchase. I'm Leah Shaw, and welcome to The Confidence Factor. I really, really love today's episode. It's not every day that you get to sit down and talk to someone you've known their entire life. When I tell you I am so, so proud of today's guest, it hasn't always been easy for her. And like most of us, she hasn't always gone down the right paths, but she has learned some very valuable lessons at a much earlier age than I did. Understanding the energy you bring with you into spaces is critical and having the confidence to own the power of that energy and use it appropriately, in my opinion, isn't common. We both joked that we were going to go home and cry after our conversation was over. I don't know if she did, but I cried for real. Let's listen. Born and raised in Akron, Ohio, today's guest is somewhat of a modern-day Renaissance woman. She can sing, and I mean sing. She could do hair, she could do makeup, she can write, she can edit a vlog, and she could cook you a good meal. If you've listened to even one episode of this podcast, then you've already been introduced to just a few of her talents as she is the words and the voice behind the Confidence Factor theme song. She is the artistic director of the Youth Excellence Performing Arts Workshop, more commonly known as YPAW, a ministry-based performing arts movement. Her bio says her love for Yeepaw started at a very early age when she attended Yeepaw during the week, but I would say that her love for Yeepaw started in her mother's womb. But she started serving on the team at 17 years old and has no intention of ever departing her heart from this ministry. She even met her husband thanks to Yeepaw. I am super duper excited about today's guest because I have known her for her entire life. And I mean the whole thing. And I'm very excited to hear what she's going to share with us today. So please welcome Mrs. Kimberly Gale Porter to the Confidence Factor. (laughs) So welcome. I'm glad to be here. I mean, the bio, wow. Oh my gosh, so accurate, like from start to finish. So I'm excited. Yay. So like I said in my bio, we've... Well, I've known you yep. from the very beginning of your life. Very beginning. The I, whole thing. I, mean, I don't remember meeting you. You you just showed up. Yep. I was just there. Very, very cute baby. I oh, remember okay. that. <laughs> so, but I have literally watched you grow up. And I mean, mm-hmm. the, we're only what, like 10 years apart. Like, yeah. like 10 years, like. 84, 94, (laughs) beginning and end of the year, but still, but like, like literally have gotten to watch you grow up and watch you 
come into your own. And it's it's been fun to watch. I'm not oh, going to lie. So oh. it's been very fun to watch. So as you, I mean, obviously, you know what this podcast is about because you put my idea, a graphic I gave you into words, <laughs> which... Yeah. The perfect words, actually. <laughs> so knowing that, how uh-huh. do you define confidence? Very good question. I would have to say I thought about this as we were writing the song. Mm. So I'm going to steal um, a definition that I heard a while ago, which I thought was perfect. It's how I feel, but I'll try like, probably try to put my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. So I heard somebody say, I learned that what I like that's cool ended up being cool to other people. So it wasn't really that I'm following other trends or like following what's in. Mm -hmm. It was like what I think is cool just happened to be what other people thought was cool too. Mm -hmm. So I would have to kind of put my spin on that and say that about confidence, like how I feel about myself. Other people just somehow started feeling the same way about me. And it was actually, you know, my mom always says it takes, it took a long time for me to love me. Mm -hmm. And that's such an accurate statement for me because it took a long time. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously you watched me grow up my entire life. So I'm sure you saw the 13 year old Kim who wasn't as sure about myself Mm -hmm. to now this seemingly like, oh, she got it going on type of person, which is partially true, but not totally true. I started Mm -hmm. to fall in love with who that was outside of our church, outside Mm -hmm. of what everybody else thought, outside of what everybody tried to tell me I was. It was mm-hmm. once I found my voice, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with telling people like my mom, no, which was hard. Mm-hmm. But it was like, nah, I'm actually or even pushing back and asking questions like, does the Bible really say that? Mm-hmm. Or is that just what you wanted to say? You know, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Finding my voice, I would say, went parallel with me finding out who I was. Once I got to college, once I started doing yep. things. Uh, that other people didn't have written for me already. You know how mm-hmm. people in our families and our churches, they write mm-hmm. your life out for you. And they tell you what you should be doing, what you should study, the places you should go, the places you shouldn't go, people you shouldn't mm-hmm. talk to. And once I started figuring out what that was, it was like, I feel like I've hit a confident patch. I feel like the things that I think are cool, I think are cool. The things that I think are great, I think are great. Whether people agree with that or not. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, Kim, you might really be in love with who you are, no matter what other people say. So long answer short. (laughs) (laughs) I think confidence is when you okay with doing whatever you want to do, regardless Mm -hmm. of what other people think. It's so funny because, I mean, I've talked to Alicia. I've talked to Shayla. And so, um, and both, and even like thinking about my own journey, Similar things were said, especially when you grow up in the Akron bubble, especially when you grow up in the ACLG bubble, Um, you know, figuring out who you are without all the voices, without the audience, like hearing, finding your voice and then being able to listen to your voice. And it's like, what do I like? And how would I react? And how do I feel about this? Um, Mm -hmm. It's more than a notion. Um, oh, to be yeah. able to do that. And the fact that you've been able to do that at a much younger age than we mm-hmm. <laughs> were able to do that, yes. uh, you are already ahead. And it's so funny because I remember 
it was it would have been your senior year in high school um, okay. when I was your TA for Yeepaw 365. And I know you <laughs> wanted to strangle me uh, the whole year. But I'm sitting here like, I see it. I see it. She doesn't see it. I see it. I don't know how I can make her see it. I'm like, but like, there's something there and she won't tap it yet. But I'm like, she's going to. And I, it's going to happen. And it's like, Leah, you just got to back off. Like, she's 17. Just back off. She's going to get there. But I was just like, oh, the whole year, I'm like, she doesn't see what I see. She can't see it. Um, but I feel like it's like starting to become realized. And I'm like, this is who I saw. Like, this is who I knew was in there. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. First of all, I wanted to kill all of y'all. I know. That was because I thought I knew more. Mm-hmm. And if I would honestly say I've learned younger because I watched y'all. Mm-hmm. So you guys figure it out when you did. It was like, oh, no, there's a, a code <laughs> that needs to be cracked there. They figured it out. So now I got to figure it out. I probably was just thirsty and wanted to learn it earlier than y'all. Mm-hmm. Or just because I aspire to be like you guys. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, no. They're, you know, traveling and doing things mm. that my parents were like, no, you just need to stay in this bubble. Mm-hmm. That is so crazy. That was forever ago. And mm-hmm. that was probably right in the thick of me learning who I mm-hmm. was. So that's really, really cool that you would say that. Yeah. And also back then, I'd have to say this. I'm just like, she likes Josh. <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else knew before I even knew. I'm just like, I'm like, huh. <laughs> Who did I think I was fooling? Every yeah. Monday. Like, Every I just tell y'all, oh, it's just my friend. Girl. Yeah, because there was there was conflict in our little group over what? Josh. And they had nothing to do with you. I remember you were like, what is the problem? Like, it's Josh. And I'm sitting here watching the dynamic every Monday. And I'm like, huh, she knows what it is. Every she just Monday. Yeah. I'm talking oh. about he's just my friend. Girl. Mm. Okay. <laughs> we really think we could just pull the wool over your eyes. Well, y'all knew the whole time. People know a lot of things that we think <laughs> we're fooling people, and it's like, mm, we're not. <laughs> so, see, tangent. I knew it was going. I can't help it. There's just, I couldn't help it. So, seeing how you have this definition of confidence uh-huh. and knowing. Um, Because I talk about like confidence is not like this. You get to this place and it's like, I'm confident now. And that's the end of it. It's definitely a journey. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what was your journey that got you to that place? You talked about it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. kind of dig a little deeper. And what, you know, what were some of the, what was the experience, I guess, that got you to this place of Okay, good good question. And I don't think I've ever been able to totally answer this Mm -hmm. other than just like with my girls or something. Um, My journey was that I was a church kid Mm -hmm. in the midst of a bunch of unchurched kids. So a lot of my friends were in single parent homes. Mm -hmm. Um, To be very candid, a lot of my friends had dads who were either in jail, either dead or drug dealers. So they were just totally different than my upbringing. Mm-hmm. I was raised in a two-parent household, but my dad was like your American dad. So he worked 24-7 is what it felt like, but he was always providing and like he worked for what we had. So my life was just totally different than the the group of friends that I grew up with. They were just very different. Like, you know, Kaylee and I were very close because mm-hmm. our parents were close, but most of our school friends were just very different. And that mm-hmm. seemed to be the trend 
or the circumstance from like really very early on all throughout high school, maybe right before college, I started finding friends who were a little bit more like me. But I just was raised very different than everybody. And I was the girl who always wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fit in. I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to want to be around me. I wanted to be liked by all the boys. I wanted to be like the it girl, Mm -hmm. whoever that is. And, you know, now in 2021, she's defined as anything. But at the time, she had a very stereotypical, very clean cut definition of who the it girl was. And I wanted to be who that girl was. She for dang sure wasn't plus size. She didn't have short hair like me. Mm-hmm. She didn't have two parents in her household. Like the it girl just was something totally different than what I was going to aspire to be or even who I was naturally. Mm-hmm. The short, light skin, long hair was not going to be me. I don't care how long I prayed about it, how many mm-hmm. times I did anything to my body. It didn't matter. I was never going to be short. I was never going to be light skin. This wasn't going to happen. Not naturally anyway. Mm-hmm. So my journey to confidence was a, a very bumpy road like trying to get girls to want to be my friend trying to fit in like them you know my mom wasn't buying the fancy clothes she wasn't spending over a hundred dollars on nothing she wasn't I mean none of that stuff I wasn't going to get my hair done every week we had aunties that was doing our hair like we went to a Christian school we was always at the church like I just lived a seemingly corny life. Now that I'm an adult, it's like, girl, you was blessed. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, I was trying so hard to fit everybody else's standard of beauty, everybody else's standard of cool or Mm -hmm. hip or fun or whatever. So I was always trying to get into stuff that was very opposite of the church. So I was trying to smoke. I was trying to drink. I was trying to be with all the guys because that was cool at the time. It was like, that's what we supposed to be doing. Cause I really wanted them to be my friend. And I realized obviously later that I was kind of washing away who I really was trying to be like them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar to most girl stories, but mine was like pretty intense because I was going pretty hard to try to be like them mm-hmm. all throughout middle school, all throughout high school. And then once I got to college, it was like, man, if you don't like it, you just don't like it. Once I started to see how much I was chipping away at who I was becoming naturally mm-hmm. or who the Lord wanted me to be, it was like, man, I'm losing myself trying to chase after what y'all want. Mm-hmm. And then I realized once I finally became who I was, it was weird how many people started to gravitate towards me or people mm-hmm. who wanted to just be around just natural Kim, like the girl who just wants to lay up with people, watch movies, eat some good, laugh, hang out, like just who I was at the core, people started to fall in love with. And so it was crazy just to see once I found out who I was and I started to love her, how many other people was like, yeah, we loved her this whole time. We mm. ain't really fooled with the girl that was trying to pretend to be everybody else. I saw how many friends I was losing. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it was a very bumpy row. I bumped my head a million times mm-hmm. trying to be somebody that I was never created to be. So. Mm. That's good. And it actually is the perfect segue to the next question I have for you. Um, How would you have described yourself before you fell in love with yourself? And that's what we'll call it because I feel like that's what it is. And then how would you describe yourself now? Okay. How would I describe myself before and how would I describe myself now? Um, Can I start with now? Yeah. Okay. I would say I still struggle now, Mm -hmm. but how I handle my struggle now is totally different than how I would have handled Mm -hmm. before. 
So I struggled with daddy issues as a kid. I didn't really get a whole lot of validation as far as what I looked like when I was younger mm-hmm. from my dad because he was working a lot. So he yeah. was never really around much. So I didn't really get the validation from guys or father figures or my own dad, truthfully. And I don't think I realized that until right now that I watched my mom struggle with her own weight. So I watched my mom work her butt off in the gym, you know, joining all of these different classes, eating right. And I watched her war with her own weight Mm -hmm. that it was kind of hard for me to even see an example of my mother thinks she's beautiful or my mother thinks she, you know, my mom is confident in who she is. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get a lot of that watching her. Cause I always watched her care enough about herself that she was trying to change what she looked like naturally. Mm-hmm. So I would say that I probably had developed well, who I am naturally and probably even genetically is not the standard of beauty. So I'm going to have to work harder than the next person to be pretty, to be beautiful, to be accepted by other people mm-hmm. on top of my dad, not really, having the time or thinking it was necessary to say that who I was at a little girl with no enhancements, no anything, Mm -hmm. that my daughter is beautiful. Not really hearing that, not even to fault them. It just wasn't a part Mm -hmm. of my language in my household Mm -hmm. that we were telling each other, you know, you're beautiful, you're amazing, that sort of thing. And of course, I didn't really get it from my friends because they didn't even really know who I was because I was too busy pretending. So I didn't really get the validation or even the security then growing up that like, Kim, you're okay with who you are Mm -hmm. right now, completely raw with no, you know, anything, who you are at your core is enough. I didn't really get that growing up from too many of anybody. Mm -hmm. And then once I met, once me and Alicia got close, Mm -hmm. once I started to have other mentors in in my life, Mm -hmm. it was like watching you guys love yourselves Mm -hmm. to what I knew at my age. I didn't know it all. I'm sure y'all was probably dealing with stuff too, Mm -hmm. but watching you guys from my standard and my lens Mm -hmm. love yourselves it was like, okay, well, I just want that because I always thought you guys could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. You guys were amazing. Y'all were like these sheroes that just Mm -hmm. are incredible people Mm -hmm. who can do anything. They're like invincible. So it was like, well, if they figured it out and if they are doing these said things, then I just need to do that. You know, simple-minded and childlike processing. But who I was before, I couldn't handle much. Mm-hmm. Like some of the smallest things would destroy me, like mm-hmm. take me out. And I just would, I would wrestle with that thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. I would struggle so hard. I mean, like simple things like somebody not liking your picture on Instagram. That thing would bother me for weeks. Now it's like, obviously I don't care that much, but now I'm even starting to unpack some of my roots mm-hmm. and some of like, why is it that when my husband leaves the room, am I starting to get emotional? Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you leaving right now? Well, when are you going to be back? What is that connected to? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that rooted in? And why am I not sure enough in myself that my husband can leave and go to work and I'm mm-hmm. okay? Or even with some of my adult friendships, because those are very different than high school relationships. So some of my adult friendships, it's like, why am I concerned if it's been a month and I haven't talked to Gabe mm-hmm. or she hasn't FaceTimed me? Or maybe she's upset with me because of what I did last summer. Like, why is my mind doing that? I'm a little mm-hmm. deeper of a thinker. 
but I'm also trying to do my own introspective work mm-hmm. and my own like unpacking to see mm-hmm. like, okay, what role did I play in this? Mm-hmm. And how can I do better? How can I approach this conversation or how can I have ugly conversations? Because when I was younger, I didn't do confrontation well. I didn't do, I was shut down. I didn't really know how to communicate because I didn't see that and I didn't really get taught that much. Um, so I didn't, I just didn't do anything that a woman who is sure enough of herself mm-hmm. would do. I didn't take those necessary actions when I was younger. And now I just feel like through enough of bumping my head, I feel like now I've learned the benefits of being confident enough in myself and my profession and my friendships and my marriage, you know, just in anything. It's like, well, if I don't know who I am, somebody's going to tell me who that is and I'll just fall for it and believe them and mm-hmm. then just go that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, when I step in a room, who do I want them to know I am before I even open my mouth? Who do I want that to be? And even not even wanting my husband to try to tell me who I was or looking for validation in him that I didn't have in myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like who I was before was just very like a very... What is the word I want to use? I just was very insecure. I was very unsure. I just wasn't stable at all because I was looking for everybody else around me and beyond to tell me who I was, Mm -hmm. to tell me how to respond, to tell me what was good, what was not good, like to decide for me. And now I feel like I'm a little more open to be educated, but I also am pretty confident that my answer right away is probably how I feel. And I'm not as afraid as I would have been to either disagree with somebody and say, no, this is what I think, or no, this is how I feel Mm -hmm. or no, I don't want to do that. So I I feel like I've gained a sense of security now that I feel like I'm learning. So I don't have it all together. I'm learning, but I'm also able to use my voice, which I keep coming to my confidence and my voice seem to be parallel today. So we'll hold on to that because that'll uh, be one of the next questions. But Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like you trust yourself. Yes. Very good way to say Mm -hmm. that. I'm learning to trust me. Yes. Mm And it's interesting, a couple of things uh, you mentioned. Number one, like making those connections and finding those root causes of things is when you do that, it's so powerful um, because it's so funny. As extroverted as I am, I spend a lot of time in my head um, because when I encounter situations, I'm like, how did I get here? What's the root Uh cause? Where did this begin? What's my role in it? And Mm -hmm. like, and and that ha- that has helped me so much. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, my mom being who she is has also helped me too. But when I don't have her, um, yeah. that and honestly, that is work that I started to do to do when I moved away. Um, mm-hmm. When those years I spent, oh, those years I spent in New York were powerful. But that's mm-hmm. when I started like always like processing like what yeah. happened. And again, that root cause um, is powerful work, and it kind of it almost helps situations not be situations when you know your root causes of things. Because yes. then sometimes it's like I know to just not even put myself there um, because right. I know like this is probably going to be the outcome if you put yourself there. Um, so that it's it's powerful stuff. But I want to talk about um, the necessity and the power of relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically, when you talked about like the friends that you were attempting to have and the people that you wanted to have like you. And then now, because it seems like you've really, you found your people. Mm -hmm. And so how has that shaped you? Like, mm -hmm. so people are everything to me. Mm -hmm. Like family, I'm a, I'm okay. I'm going to go a little all over the place. 
I am a very much so family oriented person, but I'm not a traditionally family oriented person, if that makes any sense. So a lot of my blood family, I don't have relationships with. Mm -hmm. I don't really know a lot of my mom's side or my dad's side. Like not, I know some of them know of them, but I don't have close relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I could call up any of them right now. I didn't really grow up with a whole bunch of my like biological cousins and family and all that stuff. I knew of them, but I didn't have close relationships. So from that void, I filled it with my friends that I got close to and they became my family. So by family oriented, I really am speaking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they mean the world to me. I am definitely on my lady time. So I pray that I don't cry at any point. <laughs> start and finish but they mean the world to me those are the people that I wrestle with they are my number one fans as I am them they are always in my corner for everything they're my sounding board they just have become my family like Mm -hmm. I don't really care what y'all got going on in y'all world y'all stuck with me for life I have also become the person that is very like when I latch on I latch on quick Mm -hmm. and I've, I've learned that I've become that from college on like when I decide that I love you, I love you. And I love everybody on the surface. Of course, that's what we're supposed to do as believers. But I, when I decide that we are in relationship, mm-hmm. we decide this mutually, we locked in. And that's just how I feel with my people. And they have become such an important role, even in my confidence for mm-hmm. real, because they will see things in me that I try to silence. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about me singing for real. And it's like, Kim, come on now. Like, you have to own the gifts that you have. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't want to make a big deal about my position in Epa. And it's like, stop. Like, just silencing some of the negative things that I'll give too much wind to or too much entertainment to. And it'll be like, well, you have to stop speaking that way about yourself. Just the way that they talk to me and I talk to them. Mm-hmm. So my my friends have become my family for sure. And those relationships have pulled some of the craziest levels of confidence out of me. Mm-hmm. Like them seeing things and fanning certain flames in me that I don't think I would have ever done if I didn't have that community is the word that I really enjoy using. If I didn't have that, like people that I can call and say like, am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Or even people that I trust to be able to correct me. Like, Kim, you think you popping, but you're not. So let's just, like, I've had full, hard, tough conversations slamming the door. And then we have to revisit mm-hmm. and then come back. And then we yell at each other, a few cuss words slide out. And then it's like, okay, let's revisit. Let's come back. Like those, Josh says, like, some of our best friends, we're in marriages with them. Yes. Take that how you will. But mm-hmm. we're in covenant with them. Yes. Like, I don't care how hard we argue, fuss, fight, yell, cuss, scream. You stuck with me. So you go take your 15 minutes or your two weeks sometimes if that's what you need to relax and come back. And then as adults, we have to unpack now. Okay, let's revisit this situation. and Let's see where I hurt you, where you hurt me. Mm -hmm. Being able to have the safe space where I can voice my concerns and voice. I didn't like that you did that. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that you said that in front of that person. Or me even being not being able to manipulate or passive aggressively use my sensitivity as you can't hold me accountable or mm-hmm. you can't tell me the truth. That's not fair. Like just because you're going to cry don't mean anything. You're going to sit here and cry and hear this truth. Mm-hmm. So my relationships have become everything to me. They've been they've become 
just like the wind beneath my wings and also like the the solid stability that I need and like needing confidence to get through all the new things that I want to do or adventures that I try or any of that, but also being those that sounding board that's telling me when I'm out here doing things great and when like it's not so great. Did I answer the question? You did. Okay. You definitely sure. did. Because <laughs> I was too, so. <laughs> nope, you answered it. Okay. So all that we, keeping in mind everything that we've talked about uh, in these last few minutes. Okay. What do you feel is your confidence factor? Man, that's a tough one. What is my confidence factor? Like a huge factor in me being confident? Or, so when Kim enters the room, what is that? And I keep using this phrase. Alicia used it and I loved it. So I keep using it. What is the special sauce that you have that nobody else, somebody else might have it, but they don't have it the way that you have it. So what is that thing that shows up in the room when Kim enters the room? Okay. I can answer this. What is the thing? What's the special sauce that I have? Which this is a vulnerable moment because clearly I struggle with speaking of well of myself. So. This is my fa- this is one of my favorite questions for precisely this reason. It's that like reason. Oh, we're going to own it today. <laughs> okay, what's the thing that I? Because it's weird. Me and Josh were just talking about this in the car. For whatever reason, I, I like. I can go anywhere and people will stare at me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I have. I don't know what it is about me. And it's so weird that I'm saying it this way because I don't like talking about myself, but I don't know. I I will find people always staring at me. And sometimes it gets a little annoying. Like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And they won't say anything. It's just, I I do have something about me that people gravitate towards. Mm -hmm where they want to hug me. They want to tell me their life story. They want to dump everything on me because for whatever reason, they feel like I can fix it or I don't know what it is. I do feel like I have some sort of magnet. It's weird, but I do feel like when I walk in a room to some people, most people, I become a magnet of some kind. Either you stare at me, you approach me, you come hug me, you ask me my name, you tell me my hair is cute, you tell me my makeup is cute, you like my outfit, something. It always becomes a conversation piece. Or I saw you sing somewhere, or you Leslie's daughter, or don't you run people? Like it's always something about my life or something that becomes a magnet of some sort. And I feel like I do need to own that because... I'll ignore it sometimes and I won't allow it to hold me accountable. So I can't just go anywhere, look at any type of way, doing any type of thing, because I do have a standard to uphold that I am a very small public figure, but I am somebody that in my small circle, people look to. So although sometimes it's irritating to have to be the bigger person, I say I'm big enough. I don't want to be the bigger person to have to be the bigger person. Sometimes when I walk in a room, I can become a magnet of some sort whether that's with your eyes or your physical being. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cause I don't even, even if I'm not totally dressed up or if I'm looking bummy or if it's just not a good day, somehow I become like an open target for people to come to, which is can be good or bad. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a, the solid answer that I want to get. I'm sure I'm going to get off of here and be mad. Like, no, I should (laughs) have, but 
I'll go with that for now. No, you have an energy. You have an energy. <laughs> you have a presence. Like you, okay. you have presence. Mm-hmm. Those are way better words than I use. <laughs> an energy and a presence. You yes. Do. That's what I would go with. Mm-hmm. You do. Way better words. <laughs> Well, that's because I'm listening. And so you're yeah. you're saying it and I'm listening and I'm like, oh, I have a word for that. And yeah. I've experienced you. Okay. And okay. so I could give, I can define it. I can help maybe yeah. give definition to it because I've experienced it or I've seen or I've seen it for myself. So yeah. um so keep, keeping that in mind, we're gonna own it some more. Yeah. <laughs> can you <laughs> I love this part? Can you think because a lot of people do they're like, oh, and I'm like, mm-mm. Not today. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a confidence yeah. factor. We're gonna own our things. So can you? I, I, a lot of people like. I'm like own it. So can yeah. you think yeah. of a time where that was on full display? Which I mean, it's all the time. But where you really felt like, oh yes, like me energy presence. Yes. Okay, we're owning it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. I, it's the strangest thing because contrary to popular belief, I am an introvert Mm -hmm. with extroverted tendencies. I get very shy around most people. When I'm around my people though, I can go crazy. I can just, you know, let it all hang out. But I am an introvert and it's weird that most of my profession, if not everything that I do for a living requires people, Mm -hmm. care, ministry, it doesn't matter. Everything that I do pretty much requires people. And it's so strange that when I am on stage, at church, like letting it all hang out, singing, directing, teaching, music, anything that requires me to like, I don't know, to captivate people's attention Mm -hmm. or like when I have your attention and I am like responsible for what you're hearing, it's such an out-of-body experience because I feel like I am owning this presence or this energy that for whatever reason I have. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, you remember I just sang them solos at Arlington and would get to crying and be scared to be in front of mm-hmm. everybody. And now I feel like that same almost horrible flaw about me has turned into this like superpower mm-hmm. because I feel like I watch myself on video or watch myself at church or in a live recording or anything on film, I'll watch myself back and be like, who is that? Mm. Like, where did that come from? It's such an out-of-body experience. So when people are like, man, Kim, you just really touched me. It'd be like, for real? Like, I'd just be so shocked. Like, mm-hmm. proper English. I usually am just very shocked. <laughs> like, wow. Like, you were touched by something. I did. You were amazed by something. I did. And it's, it just, I feel like I own it. Like, I was in rehearsal last night, mm-hmm. and we were rehearsing this song that required me to just hit these notes that I don't normally hit. And I just felt like I was in that thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was just... Like everything I had, when I get to the point where I'm leaving it all on the table, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like those athletes in the championship game. Like, I just feel like I'm in my zone. Like I'm giving everything I worked hard for. And I feel like I'm paying a, a weird homage to my my younger self or mm. like 
Like I'm paying her back for everything she mm-hmm. lost or never got a chance to do or was too afraid of doing or listen to everybody else tell her what she couldn't do. It's like, man, take that. Like I'm in this Ooh, thing. I love that. So, so I, if, if I had to answer that, which mm-hmm. is such a good question, because I never thought about that until right now. So I do have to own that because when mm-hmm. I'm in those moments, it's like a, a Kim moment, but it's totally a God thing. It's totally a like Holy Spirit moment when that Holy Spirit take over. And it's just like, Poof. Mm-hmm. I don't know how your audience feel about faith and stuff. But I was like, in that moment, it was like, man, I am. I'm, I feel like I'm getting old and new in this mm-hmm. moment. So I'm glad you said yeah. that, though, because I was just going to say, and that's part of the reason why we have to own it, because it's yeah. like. It was given to us. Yes. So we yes. have to own it. You're right. We have you to. You are right. Wow. Okay. So stay in that space because I have one more question for you. Pick a number between 1 and 26. Four. Okay. What would you tell four-year-old Kimberly, knowing what you know uh. now? Dang. Okay. And I'm, this is crazy because I feel like I was, again, in that same conversation with Josh, I was mm-hmm. telling like, I wish I could hug my younger self. Mm-hmm. I wish I could hug her. I wish I could hug her and her know who I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could hug her and us just have a moment with no words first. Mm-hmm. Before I got to saying anything, because not knowing how much time I would have with her, I would just mm-hmm. want to hug her and let some of our energy mm-hmm. kind of spend some time together. Because four-year-old Kim really was actually rather carefree. And she didn't even really know the trouble she was getting ready to embark upon. So she had no idea. She was very much so clueless. But it was like some of the beginning stages of like, trying to become what everybody else was thinking and being afraid of hiding who she was as always being unique. Mm -hmm. I have always been different than everybody else. Everybody's unique in their own way, Mm -hmm. but I have always been different than a crowd. I've always gone against the grain. I mean, literally my entire life, I've tried so hard to be like everybody else. And for whatever reason, I was always like, the square inside of a circle, like always trying to fit in and I never fit. So four-year-old, I would have been getting ready to go into kindergarten and, and skip the grade. So even being in the first grade with all of these people who were in nothing like me and I was nothing like them and th- wanting them to like me, wanting them to care about me and wanting them to be okay with who I was, knowing that who that was was different. So if I could hug her, man, I just would want to spend a day with her mm-hmm. so she could see me now. I would want to tell her, like, girl, you have no idea. Yeah, I'm going to cry. You have no idea who you're getting ready to be. Mm-hmm. And all the naysayers, like there are girls now who bullied me when I was a kid that follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like it's girls now who hated me when I was a kid or who just didn't think I was worth nothing. Mm -hmm. Like they will message me 
and be like, girl, you're killing it. Like mm-hmm. you are doing amazing things. Even though I feel like the amazing things that I'm doing aren't even that amazing. I think they cool, but it's like, you know, it's other people out here killing it way harder than me. But I wish I could hug her because it would be like, don't try to bypass the hardships that you're getting ready to go through because they're going to make it all worthwhile. And I know that's a cliche, but like, don't try to skip past the hard parts because they about to be hard, but everything about you is already equipped to go through it. Mm-hmm. Like everything about you, everything you have, every person that's around you, the mother that you have, good God, that woman is a legend to me. Everything about her, I wish I would have appreciated my mother way harder than I did when I was younger. And I'm sure most people feel that way, but I mean nothing. I wish I would have held on to the gym she was giving me when I was a kid Mm -hmm. that I'm holding on to tight now and like cherishing now because she's getting older. Mm -hmm. So I'm holding on to that stuff now, but I wish I would have cherished it when I was a kid so that I would know like, girl, you about to go through a tough fight, but that fight is about to be so worth it because 26 year old now married Kim, who never thought she was pretty enough to have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. like Josh. My husband is incredible. So like to have a husband who does all that he does and is all that he is, I never in a million years would have thought that I was good enough to have somebody like him. What? Absolutely not. Like Josh was the pretty boy. He was the boy that everybody wanted to be around. He was the ladies man. And somehow your old ladies man have himself ended up with me. Like how? Just... uh, The hardships were worth it is what I would tell her because they make what your life, my life is good. Mm -hmm. I have a good life. It's hard. It's not easy, but my life is great. I'm blessed. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to want for much of anything now. And the things that I thought I wanted then are totally different. Now I wanted to get out of Akron so bad. I love Akron. It ain't that bad. I love it because now I care more about my family than I do being able to say I live in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So like some of the things I would tell her, some of the things that you are obsessed with now, you probably won't care about later, you know, find out who you are, but all of the stuff that you're getting ready to go through doesn't even compare at even a fraction to the amount of life that I live now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be okay, which is very much so cliche, Mm -hmm. but it is going to be okay. And you are going to see that the whole fight was worth it. Kim, this was good. I'm over here like... Like, 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 do not start crying. I felt it. I felt it. I'm like, just keep smiling while she's talking. Girl, on a man. I'll probably cry later when I reflect on this, and it's okay. Um, but this was this was good, and this was some powerful stuff. This was good, very good. So, any any final thoughts you want to share, or do you feel like you got it all out? Any final thoughts I want to share? Man, thank you. Let me do that. I know that's probably not what you asked for, but I do want to say thank you. I don't think I've ever been able to publicly answer any questions like this before. People have asked me about confidence and self-esteem and stuff like that. But to be able to be vulnerable in this space is very refreshing. I'm sure I'll probably cry later too. (laughs) I always cry all the time. But I'm sure this moment will stay with me for a long time, even when I start to doubt myself later. So I do have to say thank you because 
this was a moment that I'll probably never forget. So. Well, well, I'm glad I made you uh, hopefully feel comfortable enough to mm-hmm. share and be vulnerable because I know that's not always an easy space to be in. So yeah. hopefully I made it a little bit easier to share. You did. Okay, good. Yay. So uh, before I let you go, um, Mm -hmm. how can people find you? What's your social media? Um, You know, I don't even think I like scratched the surface of all the things that you do and could be working on when I did your bio. So this is a moment to share those things. Yes, please. So I'm Kimberly Gale on everything. G-A-Y-L-E. Kimberly, like regular traditional Kimberly on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on TikTok, but I don't really be making TikToks, but I'm Kimberly Gale on there. I'm Kimberly Gale on Snapchat. So Kimberly Gale everywhere. I have two singles out on iTunes. There is uh, Rescue Me. I recorded a long time ago, maybe two or three years ago. And then I just put out... um, my wedding song. I remixed my wedding song that I was saying, um, not saying, my sister sang Me Down the Aisle to that song. So that song is out. I have a YouTube channel. I'm Kimberly Gill on YouTube. Um, and a whole bunch of my life is on YouTube. I share uh, Josh and I are trying to have a baby. So TTC journeys are all on there. And then I am the artistic director for the Youth Excellence Performing Arts Workshop. So my shameless plug is that our annual workshop is coming up in July, July 12th through the 18th. If you go to our website, www.efall.org. Yes, you can register (laughs) if you want to be a part. We call it everybody back. It's been one heck of a year in 2020. So we coming back stronger and harder and way more exciting this year. We got so many incredible things planned. So if you head to our website, you can volunteer. You can register your 4 to 11-year-olds or your 12 to 21-year-olds. But I'm everywhere. So if you want to find me, Kimberly Gale, that's all you got to look up. All right, Kim, thank you very, very much for sharing and uh, for taking the time just to talk to me for a couple of minutes. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for the song. (laughs) You are welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Confidence Factor. Be sure to check out my website at www.beshawesome, or beshawesome.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at b.shawesome. As always, thank you to Golden Ox Studios for making this a reality week after week.